When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Fully belated Brentford review is here. I'm David Rooney. This is Let Me Talk. I'm joined in the pub by a uh, jet lagged Sam Lee. And everything really. Uh, now you say in the pub, it feels like I'm just carrying on the Vegas experience. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I just thought, I don't know. Here we are. Um, yeah. When was the Brentford game? Two weeks ago? It was Monday night. It's now Wednesday lunchtime. What time are you on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm caught up. Um, you know, just a couple more days of sleep, which shouldn't be too much of a problem being a football journalist. <laughs> yeah, you put the work in already, haven't you? You've uh, win much money out in Vegas while you were there? Put it, put it all on black and, and get the house? So I went with a certain amount of money and came back with $200. So everything was in the budget. Um, some nights fairly down, some nights were up. It was a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, I'd, I'd, like basically, on, at one point on Sunday night, like four in the morning, going into Monday morning, I was kind of, I was at some point I was like three hundred dollars up, and I must have been more than that down. And I, to the point where we got back to the room, and I was like, I need to go and see how much, how many dollars I've got left in my room, and I basically must have gambled the majority of that until I got, it got to like four in the morning I, was, I had to stay up because I actually had like a like a work call thing so I was otherwise I'd have just gone to bed um, yeah but I just so I was just staying up trying to like kill time not lose all the money um, and I just got to a point where I had like $107 and I, it was the so I was playing crabs so it was the equivalent basically of putting it all on red or all on black but instead of doubling your money if you get one if you get double one or double six, it can treble or in some cases dub, um, double your money. And it came out as double one. So I won $321 or whatever. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't believe it. Easy, this, isn't it? I can't. Well, no, because the look really does work both ways. Um, so that was like, right, I'm going to bed. That's it, done. And then, yeah, so that kind of, after that, I was like, let's keep it even. But then on Monday when we were waiting for the plane, Went back on the table, lost 107 million. <laughs> but it was, it was like it was, when you go away and it's all part of the budget. It's fine. But it's, it's a fine. weird feeling. Like, oh, this is fine. Like, I was I budgeted for this much, but the feeling of losing is not nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, the first night, I think I was like $200 up and then, like, lost that. And it was like, this is going, this is going well. What a great game this is. Like, first time I'd ever played crap. 
craps. And then within about five minutes, lost it all. And I was like, right, $110 on red. It was black. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, right, let's slow down. Um, but yeah, great weekend. Good, good. Uh, and you saw the game somehow. Oh, yeah, I did see the game. It took ages though, like, because they've got sports books in the casinos, which, you know, just massive, loads of screens, massive screens. But there weren't, like, the city wasn't on. On the first night we got there, we wanted to watch the Spurs-Everton game, at least the start of it. It kicked off at half four. This wasn't on in the sports book. What was going on? But there was a sports bar. Um, and I got there 15 minutes late, and my wife messaged me saying Brentford had just scored, but it was the classic, on a delay. Um, so I got to do the Nadem thing of like paying attention to what happened, and all of a sudden they just kicked it down the fucking middle and scored a goal. <laughs> um, so I was thinking... Yeah, it's funny, like, when, when I watched it live, that was also my reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, not, there's not too much we can tell you about it than that people can decide for themselves. But at that point I was thinking, because as much as, you know, after we said after the Spurs game, the vibes are good they're playing well they've come back from the Club World Cup they've done literally as well as you could have expected at that point going back to the Palace game thinking what's coming next everything's been great um, but like that element of conceding stupid goals hasn't fully gone away has it like that Everton game like they fully shit the bed can for I, that can first I counter goal. with that the Brentford goal is not a stupid goal to concede and I I, I, I know people listening to this because what on earth are you talking about they kicked it down the middle and mm. they scored that's it um when you watch it again, Ivan Tony is incredible. The first the work, thing I noticed with the was work Tony. he does. The first thing on, I noticed was yeah, Tony on Ake. Stop, was, how's that happen? Yeah, stops Ake challenging for the ball, and Mope's awareness to know that he can't be offside because Tony isn't going to challenge for the ball mm. just takes the rest of the City defence out. Now, okay, you should cover like Guardiola, Diaz. Someone yeah. should cover, should be coming around to cover that header. If you, it's an old kind of centre half thing, isn't it? One goes, one drops, that mm. sort of thing. But. Uh, I wish Nadim was here. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's the kind of thing we go, no, it isn't. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's, the, it's like the old thing of don't play the ball across your box. Of course you yeah, can. Of course you can. But if one of them dropped, depending on the timing of it. Everyone's on side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but if Tony isn't going to win the ball, then Mopé's already on side. Yeah, long yeah, thing. But That's such a sluggy Brentford thing to have worked on. Yeah. But they'll know exactly how that works. But ultimately, it's a clever goal in that sense. They've, they've looked at how they, can, how they can attack City and what yeah. weaknesses City might have. They've spotted this one, they've gone for it, and they've done it, and yeah, it's yeah. worked. And, you know, fair play. Like, I, I think most weeks that, get, that goal doesn't go in and that, that sort of situation doesn't happen. It's not... I, I think there are worse goals to concede. There are, like, so obviously it just reminded me of the the goal that Leipzig scored at home, yeah. the first one where they just kicked it down the middle and Akanji just lost it, which is more of a mistake, like for the reasons you can work out. There was no Tony helping it; it just messed it up. But I was that that I was just thinking, that's just it's just as much as you are right, it's just a goal kick down the middle where the centre back just gets bundled off it and the striker runs in and you just think. So the, there's the Everton one. There was a two at Newcastle. There was the late consolation the other week against a team that escapes me because I'm so tired. Um, Burnley? Was it Burnley the other week when they scored in like the 92nd minute? Yeah. That was it, yeah, 3-1. Um, and he just, so I was just thinking, right, okay. So Because I don't think that's fully gone away yet. Uh, and then I, I didn't think the Brentford game would be a great spectacle anyway. Like If you remember the game two seasons ago when City won there 1-0 and even the game was it 1-0 at home as well. Awful games to watch. 2-0 at home it was. 2-0 at home just because that's just how Brentford play. Like You need to kind of or well the way City do it is you just kind of need to make the game as close and controlled and boring really as incident free as possible to do anything. To the point where I was thinking I'm going to try and watch this game but if there's something else going on on the Monday 
I'll just wait and watch it. Because, you know, if, if someone says, oh, do you want to go and do this? And, yeah, I, I won't waste a good opportunity to be in Vegas. But there was nothing really going on. So I was like, yeah, we'll definitely go and watch it. <laughs> the, the craps table take a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, by that point. Um, I was like, by that point, yeah, like, we'll, we'll go watch it. And then I like, sat down, was watching it, and then I messaged you after, what, half an hour? Yeah. 20, 35 minutes? I was like, they're playing really well. So I'm going to make a bit of a confession now where I haven't been dealing with City conceding and playing badly very well lately. Um, and there's been there's been games where I've reacted quite badly to, to to conceding a goal in the way that, like, not just the usual, oh, that's that's annoying sort of thing, the sort of, like, oh, the couch needs a punch, that sort, okay, of, yeah. that sort of reaction. Um, Chelsea 4-4 absolutely did me yeah, because of the, 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 the nature of those goals. And I think a lot of it comes back round to... I didn't think City were playing particularly well. I, I was struggling to see how they were going to control games and how the, how the process was going to go moving forward and how the, how the season was going to look. And even as, even as far as like when the Bob goal was disallowed against Spurs and I was thinking, oh, the bullshit's yeah. starting again. Yeah. I, was, I was getting ready to be in that frame of mind again there. And obviously nothing happened. They won the game, great. When Brentford scored... It didn't affect my mood, and I think that's because the context of the of the Brentford goal. I'm now feeling comfortable that City are, are kind of almost back. At, not not if they're back at it, but they they're on their way to being back at it. And the yeah. performance was. I, I thought the performance was fine. I actually said after the game, and I, and I still stand by this. I think I think that's City's best performance of the season so far. Yeah, probably all things considered, um, the Palace game at home. You're not getting that one. <laughs> Nobody, uh, nobody's going to get pro- one. Professional job. <laughs> Some mistakes. No. Um, yeah, you're probably not far off because it was a very good reaction. I mean, around the time I messaged you saying they're playing really well, they started doing some stupid things in the back again, didn't yeah. they? There was like a three-minute spell, although scarred by that Palace game, maybe it was only a 60-second spell. <laughs> but it felt like a bit of a spell when it was like, just stop doing mad stuff at the back, like Edison Don't just chip having out a few play, trips. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a few things like that, but then... In terms of the response, they rode that pretty well. Loads of chances, obviously, with the Fleck and making saves and that kind of thing. But the fact that City were creating good chances, it's the classic thing of just keep going with this. You know, Guardiola wouldn't have had any issues with that at half-time. And obviously Foden kind of calmed everything down. And from that point, you think, this will be all right. Yeah. Again, maybe it's because I was detached. There was no commentary. I was on the other side of the world eating chicken wings for breakfast. There was no reason to fully log, like, log into it. But, like... It just felt like that's it, it'll be it'll be okay here. They're playing well and unless they well, like, when Haaland missed that chance I thought, okay. But I think I was more annoyed with Haaland specifically rather yeah, than a general yeah. sense of this is the kind of night where these things are happening. Yeah, like, yeah, because that I was I was annoyed with Haaland because it's like, well City have given up a goal easily. And if you're gonna get a chance to easily equalise, you've got to fucking take that. Especially when you're Haaland and that's what you do. Yeah, I always say like he's got one job. He doesn't, you know, he does other there's other benefits to Haaland playing. But I do think he does he has fewer uses to the team. Maybe more important uses, but fewer uses to the team than the other city players. So when he missed that, 
as my wife pointed out, she was like, yeah, he's just come back from injury. I was like, yeah, that's good, good context. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he'd have missed that in November. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, that was why I was so annoyed because if you look, if he didn't miss it in August, she was like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's like still Harlan. But yeah, like there is obviously that sense this season. Not just a sense, but facts. Like he's not scoring he's as many. More chances, and there's yeah. more chances like that when he goes through on goal. Because I was with somebody and he was like, oh, you just get that feeling with Harlan that he's just going to score. And it's like, I'll get, I mean, I can't, I can't hammer somebody for saying that. But it's not really the case this season, is it? Like, the feeling I get when he goes through is, he better fucking score this. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, so he didn't. But then, like, Foden's composure. I mean, I don't know if, it's a, I don't know if this is the thing that's going to remain or it was just something that was on in evidence that night because he still wouldn't say he's the most composed in front of the goal. But Christ, like, that first one was great and then obviously the, the, the third, third, the one, third was really, one was really great. But this, the second one was different, but yeah. a great header. But the, the, the irony is... All the way through, it shows what I know <laughs> because the first one I was like, oh, he's taking too much time there. Bang, goal. The second, the second one, he was like, well, that's a misdirected header. I should have gone back across the goal, and then no, find the bottom corner. And the third one I was like, he's taking too many touches. <laughs> well, well that's, that's what I like about the touches for the composure for the third goal, because if you think back to Foden generally in those positions where he's got time to think, I can score a goal here, they generally when it goes wrong. Mm. Like if he can smash it in from the edge of the box. I think that's a different kind of chance. But when he's in the box, or even again the Champions League final, it's like you've done the hard work, now just do the finish. I feel like that's where he falls down a bit. But then to be, I mean, maybe it helps when you're 2 1 up, you've scored both goals, you're confident in the team's performance, you're confident in your own performance. But I feel like the touches he was taking, he was fully in control of that situation. And that's not something we've normally seen with Foden when he is in those scenarios. Um, but like, just fair play to him. Like, it's, uh, he's been. It's, it's weird to work out. I mean, I know everyone's saying now he's been having a great season, and he has had a he has had a much more a much better season than he has a bad season. But uh, there was an element of like starting well, and then not doing much for a bit. I want to kind of say, I don't know whether it be October, November, not the whole period, because like that Chelsea game, even though City lost, he was great in that Chelsea game. But I feel like there was a kind of period where he wasn't doing a lot, and then recently again he's gone back to being like extra good, like better than he's been. I don't know for, for a couple of years maybe, and then you add it all together, and he's. Did we did we say this the other week? Who's when we were talking about City's best player this season? Like might it, might it be Foden? Like Alvarez is another weird one because he's had ups and downs, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Like I wouldn't know where you'd put average his average level for Alvarez, um, but the way Foden's been, and also the way that the collection of players that Guardiola put together <laughs> for that team, like when you see it, you just think. Because I woke up and I saw like a tweet from some FPL person saying like, Guardiola, you madman. I was like, what's he done? But then when I saw it, I was like, that's fine. That's all right. Like the way it's been going recently where, you know, they've had the, the fullbacks giving the width and yeah. everyone in the middle. And I was like, as long as Bernardo's kind of creeping into that middle somehow and he's not just on the right, then that's all right. But then when you look at it and you think, obviously Rodri's backing them up and it's Bernardo, Foden, Alvarez, De Bruyne, <laughs> and Haaland. It's fucking, that's obscene, isn't it? Yeah. Very, um, it's it's a seesaw that's only going in one direction, isn't it? But then you look at the overall performance, and weirdly, okay, Brentford had their moments of, of being on top, but it's one of the most controlled performances City yeah. have had for a while. Yeah, and and again, you go back to, you know, when Guardiola mentioned the other week, uh, some games you play De Bruyne and Foden together, but some you wouldn't for the stability. And then I asked him before the Burnley game, apparently. <laughs> what circumstances would they play together and he was like it's more off the ball and you know they can't really play as a proper holding midfielder so then we need to change and play with three 
and then you think, well, if he is going to play them together, it might be one of those kind of like luxury games. Well, no, it's either like Burnley when you're expecting loads of spaces, or it's like Sheffield United at home when it's like, well, they're not really going to attack, so it's okay. You don't think it's going to be Brentford away? Yeah, and weirdly with that though Brentford didn't attack in the way that we expected them to I mean maybe maybe City didn't let them that's the that's the other side of this yeah. but you, you saw the success that Brentford had last season get it high to Tony get it up there quickly yeah. get the flick on and get the runners in behind and the times when they got up the pitch and, and they kind of got in behind City it felt like it felt like there were opportunities for them I thought City dealt with them quite well in the in, in the way in which they, they kind of snuffed it out. Hmm. But more often than not, City won the ball back. They didn't try and, and do that thing where... Well, they did that thing where they didn't try and get in behind and, and stretch the yeah. game. Kept the ball, made Brentford get back into shape and kept them where they were. And when you think of, of some of the issues that City have had lately this season controlling games, they've carried the ball at the wrong time or they've, they've played it forward at the wrong time. Yeah. And this, this was almost as if those players that had been doing that, it had clicked for them that... You know, there are time, there's a time and a place, and sometimes it's not here. Yeah, you can imagine that would be part of the conversations that they had about you know after was it after the Villa game or after the Palace game when they got together, possibly both. Like, come on, lads, what are we doing? Because it was only ever little things like that, wasn't it? It wasn't it wasn't a big thing unless you say that the cause of those little things was the big thing of complacency. And the way some of the players were speaking, maybe a it's bit hard, of that. It's hard to. Yeah. But then it's like. It's the way that the pundits use that word easily. I feel like the footballers, it mean, it's easy to use that as well. Them, because yeah. what, it's almost something different, but also it's just like if there's something going wrong that you can't con- explain, it might be easy as a footballer to say, oh, it's like, you know, maybe last season with how we went, we eased off a bit. Even though if you were to say to them, like if you ask Diaz for example because I think I've got something in my head that Diaz maybe said oh after you win a lot it's, it's different or whatever but if you would say to Diaz well, what were you doing differently how did you let up I bet he couldn't tell you I bet he couldn't tell you a single thing I mean I know everyone listening to this would say it's because you had a girlfriend but I find that <laughs> mental um, but like, I don't think the players themselves would actually be able to pinpoint something that they weren't doing properly it was just a kind of weird run of doing stupid things in Sense, matches yeah um, but yeah, and then it, it, but it comes back to you know what I was saying. All those players in the middle, Guardiola saying, can't defend with like two holding midfielders because De Bruyne and Foden can't do it. You need to do it with three. We need to adapt something. Like when he said you need to adapt something, you, it could you could easily read into that and say, well, it's not going to happen because they have to change somewhere. But with Guardiola, you'd be like, oh, well, they probably will just adapt something then, and then we'll see it work. But or maybe it won't work because. When Cancelo left, they did fully expect Bernardo Silva to be the left back, but that was the plan, and then it didn't really work, so they changed <laughs> it around. Quite a disaster and then, yeah, at times, really. Exactly. So it was. So it was. It got to be much better, and maybe they'll try and do the same thing in a different game, and they'll come unstuck and they go, "Actually, we can't really do that. Let's let's forget it." Yeah. And it won't really matter There's, too much when Stones is back, and they'll just do what they were doing last season anyway. Yeah. And then it just becomes Alvarez and or Foden being on the bench, and it's unfortunate for them, but the team move or whatever. But if that's the way they're going to do it, and like. It was that thing we talked about it. It was one of the games, maybe the FA Cup game, Huddersfield, when De Bruyne and Foden together was kind of being talked about because De Bruyne was coming back, Foden was in the middle, people were liking it, and Marty Perrinal tweeted like, "Don't forget, there's that thing that Pep says like the good players always together." And then Guardiola mentioned it in the press conference, but then he said, "Oh, but it might be a bit difficult." But when you list those players that are all in the middle, I mean. 
even if you do lose a little bit defensively, and maybe this is where Guardiola would eventually say, yeah, I'm still a bit uncomfortable with this, but I feel, I feel like even if you were to lose a little bit, you've still got so much to gain. Like there's, the, the pros massively outweigh the cons yeah. there with those so many good players in the middle. It's, but it's genuinely outrageous. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be more analysis of the Brentford game. We'll be talking about the formation and shape and whether it actually matters. And we'll be talking about Foden drifting in from the left, offering some stability. See you shortly. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. The setup isn't new. What, what they did against Brentford is, is pretty much what they've been doing for large spells of this season. It's just but the players involved. The but players it's Haaland and De Bruyne yeah. as well. But, but you, look at, you look at... I mean, we've talked a lot on Foden already, but let's, uh, let's focus a little bit more on him. Because there was... Like, there was a long spell where people seemed to be like, just losing their minds over the fact that he wasn't playing in the centre and that, they, that Guardiola kept naming him on the left. And then you look at the performance again against Brentford. Yeah, sure, he was named on the left again. But that's not where he played. No, like, he, he was through the middle. It was, like, it was Guardiola oper- um, operating down the left flank and yeah, it was yeah. Walker operating down the right. right and that's you, just how it's going to work. That's now. just how it is. Right. And that is, that's Guardiola getting De Bruyne and Foden in the team together. They're, they're, yeah, both, yeah, yeah. they're both playing the number eight position. But like, that's not... That's not how they do it for the shape and the setup, but like it's it's almost and I, I appreciate this sounds wanky and we'll get into that point of like oh, football big thinkers, but like it's almost like the formation doesn't matter. Yeah, well, this is, so this isn't great for like, if you listen to this podcast for like insightful stuff. Obviously, I wasn't watching the Brentford game in the most kind of inquisitive frame of mind, but it's it's off the ball. I'd like to see because, like you say, with all those players in the middle. And the way you say there, it's almost like the formation doesn't matter. Obviously, it, it does. But like when you've got that so many players in the middle on the ball, you just think they will find those solutions. So we know that Guardiola's providing the width, Walker's providing the width. That's all fine. It's off the ball. I'm interested in how it, and people would have watched the game and they'll know already because they'd have been, I don't know, paying more attention or looking at it in a different way than I was. Not thinking but, about the craps table. Yeah, exactly. Which I did get back to quite quickly afterwards. Um, great, it's a gr- it's a great way to gamble, but obviously <laughs> that implicit in that is it's a great it's, way it's to a lose money as well. Like, it's an absolute fucker. Um, when that seven comes up, it's so bad. <laughs> I don't even know anything about this game. Yeah, nobody does, but it, yeah, um, it is fun. When you're on a table for like an hour or two hours, people around the table rolling the dice. I tell you what, though, when you throw the dice down the other end and it bounces off, the, one of them bounces off the table. It's just embarrassing for a start, <laughs> but then you got oh, you you'll have certain you, they'll kind of other players at the table will kind of place faith in certain rollers. So there was two like serious American guys down the other end, and I, after a while they were I was rolling shooting, and they were, and you could tell because I got one of them on like a, a hard ten which is like two fives, and it came, I rolled it and it came in. So then him and his mate or I don't know if they were mates or what they kept. Putting like heavy bets on, or like more bets on what I was rolling, and then yeah, I rolled a seven. And all the <laughs> chips come off the table. They go back to the house, and it's just an absolute pasta. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah but City's off the ball shape. When they've got those players on the pitch, 
I just want to have another look at exactly how it's set up and who's going where. Like I say, people might well have noticed this already. We'll talk about it after the, after the next game, which is apparently Everton. It is, um, yeah. Amy told me this morning it was half half twelve. Half 12. Fantastic. <laughs> this this is the next run of fixtures. I need. To, I'll learn. I'll learn like a month's worth of fixtures. <laughs> make plans for that. And then after that, I've got no idea. Um, so yeah. So we'll, we'll have a look again at just how that setup works out of possession. But again, in terms of Everton at home. They're obviously a difficult team to play against, but in terms of how you'd expect them to play, that might be when Guardiola goes, right, yeah, fine, get all the best players on. We'll put them in this shape. Well, and then well, I'll, the thing I'll probably pay attention to most is what, who's doing what our position, who's going where. Um, it's just a lot of... You know, when it's Foden on the left, it's just, you, you just do a lot of running. Like, you just do a lot. Like with Haaland, it's like Haaland's not the best presser, but he's not bad. Like, it's just you do what you need to do. But with Foden, obviously, there's a bit more of a tracking back element, and it's just being constantly on top of him you do that Alvarez is always running anyway so that's okay Bernardo's always going to do that so you can see it working De Bruyne has always been he was always like the lead presser wasn't he he'd yeah, always yeah, go up yeah. with Haaland he'd do more do you remember that Arsenal game a couple of seasons ago he was just in an oxygen at the end he was, was fast wasn't he the Real Madrid game on it, where I think I tweeted uh, when De Bruyne's number came off he's like he's going to need a stretcher to get yeah. to the bench he's yeah. just, just like it's worked so hard so he's always done it and again fortunately so far Touchwood, he's been fine with his injury like when you see him sprinting after balls in fact, when I was watching the game on Monday night, I didn't have that normal feeling I've got with the Bruyne of oh, like, careful when he's running. Like, like, yeah. I suppose it's different when you're in the stadium as well, and you can actually appreciate that physical effort slightly more. Um, but yeah, I guess it's obviously it's, it does come down to where they've got to run, when like the organisation of who they jump to and when. But in terms of because Grealish will track back naturally more so than Foden will so it's just going to be a case of being on top of him like whenever you sat near the analysts at City games they'd always be on top of Maris just constantly reminding even though they can't fucking he can't hear them you know, they can't even hear Guardiola on the bench let alone them up in the stand but they're always like cajoling him to do it because I think it's that trade off again Maris we all know what brings you up on the ball off the ball he wasn't rubbish but they'd always be shouting at him to get back just because you know he's not, he's not getting at the same level as you would with with other players so yeah we'll keep an eye on how it's working off the ball but it's, it's just an unreal combination of players to have yeah it's, it's interesting I'm, I mean I know we never do previews on uh, on this show but I'm, I'm interested a little bit we'll come back to Brentford because I'm interested in a little bit for Everton is there any reason if everybody's still fit to change anything um, yeah because it won't just be what combination of players <laughs> are going to get us the victory. It's who needs to play because of their rhythm, who maybe should, like De Bruyne, probably shouldn't start under the game, maybe, I'm guessing. Um, maybe he's just fine now, but maybe it's a case of, well, yeah, you take him out. And also, well, you're going to need stones, maybe not against Copenhagen, but against... I don't know either, so it's all right. I haven't known the fixtures yet. Um, <laughs> whoever comes after Copenhagen. Whoever comes after Copenhagen. So the, in terms of are there reasons to change Chelsea? it? Chelsea? I think it is Chelsea, half five, yeah. Um, yes, it is. Cool, that'd be good. That'll be good. I mean, everyone thought Chelsea was shit when they went to Stamford Bridge. And obviously, they played really well. It was a mad game, and City didn't play particularly well. But Christ, could be a bloodbath for that one. But we won't do a preview of something three games ahead. But <laughs> we, yeah, don't, we don't do previews anyway. Let's not jump too far. Right? But yeah, in terms of, is there any reason to change it? There will be, won't there? Like somebody will have to come out for fitness purposes. Somebody will have to come back in. There's Stones. Obviously, what we were talking about there with the setup of players in the middle and how it works. You still got Stones to come back into that, which would probably it would necessitate a change because you can't have the fullbacks going up the pitch and Stones going into midfield. Like, there's no point in Rodri dropping back. You're losing Rodri in the middle. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Um, and you know that may have been an element of why Stones didn't play 
Brentford. against Brentford. Yeah. Like it's. You know, we it's, talk, it's, it's we the thing, about, isn't it? Don't, like, if, there, if there's no reason to have a centre-back going in there, yeah, yeah, then you, you won't do it. You yeah. don't have to. So it doesn't matter who you play centre-back. You see the centre-backs line up as, as Ake and, and Diaz. Yeah. You go, well, none it's of them's fine. doing yeah, it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's like, when Stones got injured... Was that Leipzig? In one of the Champions League home games, and Guardiola was like, yeah, we're in trouble. And before the game, he was saying... I can't remember what he said, but it was along the lines of... You can play without... Rodri, you could play without Stones, but not both. Like that's, that's an issue. Um, but particularly with Stones, because obviously the whole key to last season, which I'm not going to explain again, because I don't need to, was him going into midfield and sorting it out. But then, when he got injured again after Everton, it didn't matter because they had Alvarez dropping in from the striker. So Haaland being out meant that Stones wasn't missed quite so much anyway. But now, so that kind of offset that more through kind of look than judgment and in this case I mean look is in Harlan getting injured which yeah. isn't look but it worked um, it, it almost and I, it's been a it's been a discussion that I've not really entertained but it was a good pair of injuries yeah yeah it, like it wasn't the worst thing that could have happened because it, it meant City set into a yeah. different rhythm yeah but now with them all being back and not so much you don't need Stones but it's just much less important like if Stones isn't playing it doesn't bring the whole house of cards down it doesn't mean you have to change things around. well I suppose they have changed things around quite a bit we've got fullbacks but it works yeah, yeah. but it works so but then it's, it's just a case of against Everton if Stones does play what do they do then um, you know, does somebody come back in to more naturally hold the width on the left hand side what's the knock on effect there does Foden still play with De Bruyne does that mean either Foden or Alvarez come out so somebody else well, can that, go in because that's the interesting thing is that if you if you do have Stones say for example stepping out of the defence into the centre and you don't have the fullback stepping wide then does that mean Foden can't drift into the middle does that mean that you know well, yeah, exactly. they're going, it was the old Carl Walker thing at the start yeah. of the season Foden or Bernardo but we mainly talked about it with Foden could go inside because Walker was on the right and talking about when Foden started on the left the other night well he wasn't in the left anyway mm-hmm. so that Newcastle game in particular the first home game of the season when Walker was on the right and Foden went inside to all intents and purposes on the ball anyway he was inside so it's the same thing but especially when you've got both fullbacks going up but if that changes then then that will have you know you can't just you can't rely on that quite so easily and then maybe that goes back to Guardiola saying that's where the stability comes from because if you've got so many players in the middle and they all kind of drop into a shape with three which I need to check you've got extra bodies in there and more stability and it's fine but then if you don't have the men in the middle and it has to be De Bruyne dropping back into a holding midfield or Foden it doesn't work so well um, and then the other side you know when you said is there any need to change it for Everton in terms of we were talking fitness what about morale like yeah, does Grealish yeah, yeah. need to come in yeah, yeah. does Doku but obviously I've seen that, re- that, that Gre- Grealish rumour about you know he got told he wasn't in the team so he um, so he left training early or whatever it's possible they'd still be on the bench with that because do you remember when that Southampton game in the pandemic season? Sterling, Sterling was on yeah. the bench and then afterwards Guardiola gave that very sarcastic arsey interview. You think, oh, who's he pissed off with here? And then you think, would he have done that again if it was Grealish? Obviously, because I've been away, I've not looked into it at all. I will you know, try and find out what's going on with that. Um, you know, but if, you know, if somebody moans after a situation like that, they're, let, they're not likely to come in, are they? There's a situation where if it is true, Guardiola might say, well, there's your chance, mate. You better take it. You know, like Cancelo. Yeah. yeah uh, he yeah. played the derby, didn't he? He played Southampton. He played the derby. It was like, well, there's your chance. You better take it. Here's, here's some rope. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough. Um, but yeah, so with Grealish, maybe there's that element. Um, but if it's not Grealish, it might be Doku. Yeah. And just a case of you've got to keep the players happy uh, because 
you just can't keep the same players all the time. But then again, there is Copenhagen for that. So if we were in a situation already, which I don't think we are, but you know, normally when it's April, May, Guardiola's got his Premier League team, which is generally the rotated ones, and then he's got the Champions League team against you know the big boys, and everyone knew their place with that. Maybe he's thinking that already, but it might, maybe it, it it's still... A, it gets a bit more balanced. But it flips a, a bit. Yeah, when there's a title race. when In the yeah. seasons where City have, have kind of fairly comfortably won the title, like the back end of the last season, they'd won it already. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, pandemic year. The years. pandemic year when they got to the final yeah. as well, that was in the bag. That, that was in the bag, and they, they kind of had that, that oh, here's, who, here's who's available, here's how we're going to play with those players. Like in the years in the races with Liverpool, there's a much more. It is more like you're just going to keep playing. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, that's true. But and again, also you wonder if it's almost the balance flips the other way at the moment, and Everton's the more important game mm. because you win now, but you got two chances against Copenhagen, and as much as Guardiola will say you got to respect them, they're not that difficult. But even if they are that difficult, you have got a chance to batter them in the second leg. Do you so, know when that second leg comes though? It's between Liverpool away and United at home. <laughs> Good. That'd be a laugh. <laughs> what a time of what a time of the year, though. Like it's good. Like again, it, you're glad it's Copenhagen rather than you know any of the any of the tougher teams. Um, so yeah, I mean, but as much as that would be good, Guardiola's never likely to go. Let's try and blitz it in the second in in the away leg. Sorry, is he first first leg away from home? It, it will always be. Let's do the job and not do anything stupid to make sure you know we've still got the chance in the second leg. It would be interesting actually. Maybe he, he goes there thinking. We've got an opportunity to actually finish this, and then we can rest players in the second leg. I feel like he might be think. I don't think he f- thinks like that. I think he's like, let's do the job first, rather than try and gamble on giving ourselves a better situation for Liverpool and United, and potentially put ourselves in a situation where we need to beat Copenhagen as well, and then you've got three difficult games anyway. So I think it would still be a and look. Whatever the outlook is, it could win three 0 in Copenhagen anyway. Yeah, I know the group stage last season. That was terrible, that game. Yeah, but well, there was a red card in the yeah. first half. And there was... Rodri scored a great goal. Was it Rodri scored yeah, a great goal on Mahrez? But it, it was the VAR, yeah, one yeah. of them, yeah. It was just the UEFA handball. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like you just kind of approach that game as you normally would an away game. I don't think you'd keep it as especially tight as it did at Leipzig, for example, because the, the counter-attack threat isn't the same. Um, but yeah, the next couple... It's just interesting because of all those big games are slowly creeping into the horizon now. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though. Go to lmtpod.com if you want to sign up for those longer ad-free episodes. Sam, what do members have for this one? Yeah, we're responding to a listener's email about Gradiol. We've got high ceilings and Nadum starring in a viral <laughs> video. Uh, the title race blown open, control of games against being inevitable. That was basically the whole backdrop to me being pissed off about an article in The Guardian. And Julian Alvarez. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. I